0: This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by B.J. Moore, CIO and Executive Vice President of Real Estate Strategy Operations at Providence. B.J., it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
1: Great to be here, Laura. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, I'm really excited to have you here because I know Providence is on the forefront of a lot of things on the digital transformation side. And so considering everywhere we've been and what's happened over the past few years and then looking ahead, you know, there's a lot going on. So what are you most excited about right now? What projects are really front of mind that uh, really are taking up most of your time?
1: So I joined uh, Providence three years ago and one of the observations I had is we were 15 to 20 years behind. So we've been on a modernization journey. And so what I'm most excited about is we're almost complete with that modernization journey. Uh, We've moved to a single uh, instance of Epic in March. And so all of our health system is now on Epic. And what's coming up in July is we're about to move to Oracle Cloud for our ERP. So everything HR, finance, supply chain will be on a single ERP versus the hodgepodge of 10 to 12 legacy systems we've been on. So um, yeah, um, I'm excited about that modernization journey. I'm excited to get on Oracle Cloud. And I'm excited to kind of have the foundational building blocks that we can then do the um, sexier, more exciting things here at Providence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So that's awesome to hear. And, you know, it sounds like you mentioned you've got the whole system now on Epic and then bringing in the, the Oracle cloud. And, you know, when you think about this whole ecosystem of healthcare technology, and especially in how with Oracle's acquisition of Cerner, bringing that all into the fold, how do you see the, that ecosystem evolving? What do you really see as being interesting in the space and, and how will that affect, you know, the health system operations going forward?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting that Oracle did buy Cerner, uh, it's not really playing in us since we're, we're so, um, you know, committed to Epic. But what it'll allow us to do is to finally function as a single health system, right? We're a collection of 52 hospitals, different EHRs, different ERP, different, you know, financial HR systems. So it'll finally allow us to, to execute as a single system, you know, and, and simplify our processes. But, you know, the key is, is you know, ERP in and of itself, e- Epic in and of itself is interesting, but it's really going to be the simplification that we're able to do on top of those platforms, right? We built the foundation of the house, and now we can start building the house. So it's really the house we're excited about. The foundation, you know, no, no disrespect to Oracle and Epic, but the foundation was kind of a necessary evil, and it's really the simplified and and you know modernization and um, you know innovative work we can now do now that we're on a single platform.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And when you look at that innovative work, some of the more exciting things, the fun things, projects that you're able to do now, what does that really look like? Um, what issues are you tackling? And how do you see technology really making a big difference in the health system going forward?
1: Yeah. You know, when I came here, we had four thousand applications, and and what I used to say is, you can't make four thousand of anything simple. Right. So now that we're down to the the basic few, unfortunately, a clinician still may have 20 to 30 applications, you know, um, that they're still using. And so the way technology can do is starting to stitch those experiences together. So we're starting to focus on end to end patient uh, journeys or end to end caregiver journeys. So instead of looking at an application, instead of looking at a micro process, starting to look at an end to end process. And how can we engineer, you know, those 20 to 30 applications for an end-to-end experience? And that's really going to require, you know, more than just being a system integrator, it requires to start doing engineering work to start stitching those workflows together. Because as a clinician, you know, I, again, I'm not going to make 30 experiences super easy if I can create some engineered solution that, um, you know, automates, or creates a seamless experience across those, and then behind the scenes um, interacting with, you know, five of those 30 systems to simplify things, that's where we're gonna get the breakthrough. I couldn't do that, you know, when it was hundreds or thousands of systems, I can do it now that, you know, we're, we're counting, you know, 20 or 30 clinical systems that somebody may have to use. And so really, um, now that we have that foundation in place, really focusing on those end-to-end, um, patient journeys or caregiver journeys and then engineering something together for it.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, when you look at digital transformation, what is the next step for you? We've talked a little bit about that, but what does that look like? And especially when you think about consumer engagement, how do you see all of that coming together and really creating the ideal uh, experience for patients?
1: Yeah, so one thing we're doing is creating a single identity system. So again, you know, our consumers have to log into various applications. So having a single identity system where they can log in once, and then we go ahead and log them into those systems. Similar to my caregiver example, though, you know, we're looking at what are the really common patient experiences, and instead of forcing them to go through, you know, three or four applications, you know, putting putting together a nice thin client, um, experience or an experience on their mobile phone where we navigate that for them, and so similar pattern as I gave on the, um, the caregivers, you know, doing the same thing for consumers. Um, you know, is the reality is, is there's not going to be one. You know, my chart's a fantastic application, but it's not going to meet all the patient needs. And so, instead of waiting for one master of all applications to solve things. Here at Providence, we're trying to do simplified things like that. Like I said, the single identity system where you can log in once. And then those mobile or thin client experiences where we engineer away some of the complexity. We'll update those systems in the back end and we'll create for those really common scenarios that consumers need, you know, we'll create kind of custom experiences for them. So that's kind of our, our secret sauce and simplifying healthcare, which you know, we're far away from. The other consumer experiences most people are used to, you know, with Expedia or Uber, you know, Amazon or these other amazing consumer experiences that people are used to, we're, we're slowly making progress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know healthcare is definitely a different beast when it comes to what it really takes, whether it's the regulatory side of things or just you know how um, delicate and complex somebody's healthcare needs might be. So I think that makes a lot of sense, and it's really fascinating to think about how you can continue to evolve that process and, and really personalize it. Um, it just sounds like it's yeah. such a, a, an amazing view of what things could be. Now, when you're thinking about growth, especially for the IT department over the next few years, how are you thinking about that? What kind of investments are you making? And really, you know, what do you see as being crucial for the IT team going forward?
1: Yeah, so here in 2022, we're really wrapping up our our three-year modernization journey. As I mentioned earlier, when I first joined three years ago, we were 15 to 20 years behind. I believe we will be uh, ahead of other health systems by the end of this year, you know, and, and all of our modern infrastructure so that level of investments being is going to be complete. You know as we're coming out of the pandemic and as we're, you know, like other health systems struggling, you know, um, to generate uh, free cash flow we will definitely be looking at tightening our belts on non strategic programs and really focusing our, our investments in areas that um, you know, improve patient experience, improve, you know, patient st- uh, loyalty or stickiness with, with Providence as a system. You know, on the caregiver front, what do we do to reduce burnout, right? Um, having the, the right um, uh, workforce to be able to treat our communities and patients and be able to generate the revenue is key. And, the, you know, the way to do that is to keep the caregivers that we already have. So how do we reduce uh, burnout? How do we improve productivity? You know those individuals allow them to really practice their craft of taking care of patients versus administrative work. And then, you know, as we we're hiring tens of thousands of new caregivers, we'll we'll hire over fifty thousand new employees this year. So how do we make that onboarding experience seamless as well? And so as they join Providence, they feel good about the organization they've they've joined. They can be productive immediately. They can tell their friends and family this is a great place to work. So, you know, that's where we're really going to focus on is that kind of patient loyalty, bringing patients in, and then, you know, reducing caregiver burnout and making sure we can retain and then attract the workforce we need to to meet our our community needs. And and investments that don't align to that, you know, we're really going to have to tighten our belts and reduce um, just because, you know, health systems are not generating the cash to make the investments they were able to make before COVID.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. I know all dollars are precious, but especially healthcare dollars are precious in terms of knowing, you know, what's really going to make an impact in, in go towards the best patient care possible and I I thought it was fascinating um too you know when you have as front of mind and patient experience but also loyalty and then it seems like um on the caregiver side having bringing new caregivers in and again um engendering with them loyalty within the organization so when you look at that yourself as a CIO in technology what role do, do you play in that um goal and mission of the overall health system to um create a loyal loyal Amongst patients as well as the caregivers and team members?
1: Sure. Well, IT sits in this unique place where we kind of stitch together all the end to end processes. So, you know, I see us playing a unique role in, in many ways. It's one, um, you know, having a technology infrastructure and roadmap that can deliver upon these, but probably as important or more important is pulling together the, the patient or business stakeholders that put together these kind of end to end patient or customer journeys. Right, because we're we're really the only ones that stitch together all of those things. You know, a nurse has a perspective, a caregiver has a perspective, a patient has a perspective. But it's really I.T. that is the only one that kind of can pull together all those um, constituencies to have the end to end view. And, you know, I I was at Microsoft before uh, for twenty seven years. I think tech companies are better at building these end to end kind of patient, you know, customer journeys. Um, it's a new muscle for, for healthcare. So, tech is a big piece of it, but frankly, getting people to think end to end and thinking about um, patient or customer journeys has been a bigger challenge. And then getting those business constituents to come together to, to do those things, because traditionally they've worked in silos. And so, um, you know, I wish, you know, I, I wish we had just a, a vision that we could execute upon, but frankly, it's really building that patient or caregiver vision first and then coming with technology to to solve those problems.
0: Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it's just fascinating to, to see how that has all evolved and really become a core central part of um, what the technology team is doing as well as many other teams across the system. And that leads me into my last question here. Um, when you think about the CIO role as well as the technology and digital teams at Providence, how will they be changing over the next few years? Is there anything you'll need more of or, or less of? Or, or how do you see that all evolving?
1: Yeah, I kind of see us evolving um, in in two ways. One, it's it's really um, helping to bring that that business vision together. You know, ultimately the business needs to own it, but I think IT can be that catalyst to say, hey, let's look at a caregiver, uh, you know, pain point. Let's look at an end to end caregiver experience or or journey, um, and and really facilitate that dialogue. Right? Traditionally, I think IT has been more of an order taker in healthcare how do you get that business foot forward, bring the business constituents forward and, and look at these end-to-end journeys? And then I think it, it creates a natural evolution for the next thing I think, you know, CIOs and IT teams need to move to, towards, which is more of an engineering uh, muscle. Um, traditionally, at least my observation of, of healthcare IT has been very much a system integrator. Here are the, you know, five off-the-shelf products that I'm going to uh, implement, configure. And they have the needs, you know, they have the capabilities that they have. When I say engineering, it's you now have those five systems, but how do you, how do you get those five systems to work seamlessly together? How do you automate those systems? You know, the example I gave earlier, how do you maybe create a a thin client or a mobile experience that, that spreads across those five systems so the end user doesn't know there's five systems behind the scenes, and you create you know, a seamless experience for them. And that's only going to be by, you know, our IT teams hiring engineers. And, you know, Providence, when I joined three years ago, my first question was how many engineers do we have on the IT team? And out of 3,000 people, the answer was none. We didn't have any engineers. And so moving, you know, away from just being system implementers, but to also add engineering um, chops or strengths to our IT teams, I think is at least the way we're evolving here at Providence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's fascinating. And what a great point. And, you know, coming to the organization and, and realize immediately you have no engineers and that's a huge need. Was that a, a hard sell in terms of, um, you know, your, your colleagues in the C-suite trying to make sure that you get these people in the organization? Or did they understand it and were really quick to buy into the idea that having these engineers is really going to move the organization forward?
1: Yeah, for my peers and other business leaders, it, it resonates immediately. It's like, oh, my gosh, BJ, you mean I could maybe not log into five five independent systems to do something? You have some way to, you know, allow allow me to just, you know, have an end-to-end workflow and, and you do the things behind the scenes, you know, sign me up. So I think with the business leaders, that's been an easy sell. Ironically, it's been tougher with the IT team because I think people hear it as binary. Well, I'm a... I'm a system implementer. If you're going to bring in engineers, then, then I lo- no longer have a job. No, you need both, right? You still need, you know, the core system like an Epic or a core system like an Oracle Cloud. It's just an and. We now need engineers. So I think once people see it's an and that we're adding the capability or we're training people that are currently not engineers to be engineers, they'll be more open to it. But right now, I think they... Unfortunately, see it as a threat, not not as an exciting opportunity. So, we'll get there. I think once we get some successes under our belts and see that it's a both, you need both the third-party systems and you know somebody that can build these you know um, patient or or caregiver scenarios. I think then people get on board.
0: Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it is really great perspective. Well, as always, BJ, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I've learned a lot and I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you, Laura. really appreciate sharing our uh, story here at Providence and uh, always appreciate your engagement.
0: Absolutely. We'll look forward to having you back again soon.
1: Great. Thank you.